This podcast is proudly brought to you by Soul Street Coffee. Start your day with a smile. You can visit them at www.soulstreetcoffee.com. And Anchor, the premier podcast hosting platform. Are you interested in launching your own podcast? Please visit them at anchor.fm. We are pleased to be partnered with our dear friend Rachel Barbo and her organization I'm Changing the Narrative. The mission of I'm Changing the Narrative is to promote positive mental health and good love for yourself and others to serve as an inspiration for students, professionals and parents to create an individual legacy of purpose, passion and platform. Rachel speaks to athletes about taking back the headlines for good, showing them that they have the power to change the narrative and to find their purpose in life outside of their sport. To live lives of purpose, passion and platform. Just like her inspiration, Alabama and NFL star, Kevin Turner did before he succumbed to ALS and CTE. For more information please visit www.iamchangingthenarrative.org Head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of our good friend David Walker's book, I'll Tell You When You're Good. This is the incredible story of Walker's demanding, provocative, bitterly fought career, and the most miraculous comeback of all time. Now the hardest fighting fight in Texas Ag who ever lived reveals his life as the on-field general inside the cold-blooded arena of college football. Join fans now in discovering the most disturbingly fascinating career in NCAA history with the youngster who lived it, including unique stories of a superb high school coach and the all-time game-changers for Aggie football, the Wishbone Gang. Walker is the only college-level quarterback to ever publish a book based on his experiences in amateur athletics, and remains the youngest starting college athlete ever. He held the single-season passing record at Sulphur High for 40 years and the single-game QB rushing record at Texas on for 35 years, a true dual-threat quarterback. Enjoy the flavor of Southwest Louisiana and the adopted Texas swagger in his unique voice as he takes you down a one-of-a-kind path you could never imagine possible in the modern era of college football. In so doing you will uncover what may be the greatest amateur sports story of all time. The Rebel Walk is your source for the best coverage of Ole Miss sports. You can follow our good friend, Ole Miss Evie on Twitter at Ole Miss Evie, and you can follow The Rebel Walk on Twitter at The Rebel Walk. Be sure to check out their website at www.therebelwalk.com. Welcome into our off-season miniseries for the Southeastern Conference 2020 season. Hi everyone. I am Summer, and I want to thank you for joining us. I am pleased to be joining Kenneth as we prepare to cover the 2021 season in the best conference in college football. In this mini-podcast series, we will look back and get a big-picture perspective about each team's season in 2020 and then do a deeper dive into their numbers with our new and improved databases. In Part 1, we will look back at how each team finished the 2020 season and highlight some players that signed in recruiting or the transfer portal. Think of National Signing Day whether in December or February like the NFL Draft and the transfer portal like NFL Free Agency. In Part 2, after we have gone back through the entire 2020 season, we will have a report card for each team in several key categories. In this episode, we will be looking at the 2020 Vanderbilt Commodores. Let's start with the 2020 Vanderbilt Commodores. This team was able to play nine of their 10 conference games. The only one that they didn't play was against Georgia. If there was going to be a team in the SEC that was going to be adversely affected by playing a conference-only schedule, it was going to be the Vanderbilt Commodores, and that was absolutely the case. Now, with one game left to go in the season, the um, administration there with the um, Vanderbilt Commodores decided to move on from head coach Derek Mason. 
I can't say whether it was the right or wrong decision. Clearly, the fan base had not given the support to um, Coach Mason this season. And if we're going to go by his record, you can absolutely make a case why um, this was the right time to make a head coaching decision. So let's take a look at some of the things that we know Vanderbilt struggled with. And towards the end of this uh, particular episode, I'm going to highlight some of the things that I was impressed with. Uh, and that's usually not the case when you have a team that goes 0-9 in, in conference play. So let's start with the Vanderbilt defense. And it was as bad as you probably would imagine an 0-9 team uh, being on defense. Every opponent that the Commodores face, their their quarterback completed over 60% of their passes. You're not going to win many games when your opponents are completing that high of a percentage. That usually means that they're converting third downs and they're scoring, scoring touchdowns. And we can see that with a team that in nine games gave up on average 37.3 points per game on defense. Their opponents completed 221 out of 301 pass attempts. That's 73%. Just, like I said, it's as bad as it sounds. Gave up almost 300 yards per game passing. Gave up, on average, 33 rush attempts per game, 191 yards, 5.2 yards per carry, in nearly um, between offensive touchdowns and, I'm sorry, passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns, almost five offensive touchdowns allowed per game. When you start adding that up, that's almost 35 points per game. And um, we can see that that's pretty much um, right around what they gave up on average. Yards per play, and ladies and gentlemen, I, I cannot stress this enough how bad this was. Like I said, when you're giving up that kind of yards, you're going to give up a lot of yards um, per play. 7.2, it is impossible at this level of college football to win ball games when your opponent is gaining a first down on every other offensive play that they run. You're just not going to be able to withstand that kind of onslaught from your opponents, especially when you don't have the ability to score. And to make matters worse, they only force nine turnovers on defense. Three of those came in the season opener against Texas A&M. So now we're going to marry these two things up here um, as we transition to looking at the Vanderbilt offense, because what happens when you have a bad defense, you typically have a bad offense, um, especially 
when you start looking at some of the key numbers here, the yards per play, points allowed per game. Your defense is usually on the field for a lot of snaps, and that's because your offense isn't converting on third downs, committing turnovers, and not moving the chains. This Vanderbilt offense um, really struggled right out of the gate. In their first five ball games, we see an inability to score and a high propensity to turn the ball over. So let's just go through their first five games uh, really quickly. Texas A&M, they scored 12 points, two turnovers, 255 yards of total offense. Not a winning formula. Against LSU, scored seven points, 266 yards of total offense, 3.9 yards uh, per play, two more turnovers sense of the theme here against South Carolina scored seven points 249 yards of total offense 4.2 yards per play two turnovers versus Ole Miss a little bit better 21 points 421 yards of total offense 5.6 yards per play but three turnovers, not a winning formula. And finally, in week five, uh, their fifth game against Mississippi State, 17 points, 478 yards, 5.8 yards per play, but five turnovers. So if they don't have the turnovers against Mississippi State, this, along with the Texas A&M game, was definitely two winnable ball games for the Vanderbilt Commodores. Like I said, when there's a talent gap, you cannot afford to not be um, careful in, in not turning the ball over. So now what we saw in the final four games is where I look at it with the glass half full approach. Scored 35 against Kentucky, 470, 407 yards of total offense, 5.1 yards per play, no turnovers. Against Florida, 17 points, 406 yards of total offense, 6 yards per play, only one turnover. Against Missouri, um, was shut out, only 196 yards, 3.3 yards per play, one turnover and against uh, Tennessee and the um, what wound up being for them the season finale uh, 17 points 292 yards of total offense 4.2 yards per play and one turnover Vanderbilt offense uh, for the season averaged 14.8 points per game completed 63.8 percent of their passes um, had 17 turnovers, way too many turnovers for this ball club. Now, here's where I'm going to give you a little bit more of the glass half full. They started a true freshman in Ken Seals and basically said, you know what, we're going to develop this kid. Wins and losses aren't going to dictate um, 
our success going into 2021. It's all about developing this kid as a quarterback. I felt like that was absolutely the right approach. And it was one of the things that, and we'll get into this when I break down Kentucky later on, is you had the the, the reasoning of COVID playing a conference-only schedule to develop your young quarterback. I think going into the 2021 season, um, Vanderbilt is going to be in a much better position from the quarterback standpoint just because of the amount of snaps that this kid was able to get. And I want to just highlight his numbers really quickly just to um, bear that out a little bit further. 186 completions on 288 attempts almost 65% completion percentage for a true freshman uh, without a lot of skill guys around him. I think that was really good. 1,928 yards, 6.7 yards per attempt. If you go back and listen to um, all of the podcasts that are available that we did throughout the season, you know um, that magic number for me is anything over nine yards uh, per attempt. Uh, that's when you know you got a pretty good um, clicking offense. So some work to be done, but you got to get this um, young man some offensive weapons to work with. 12 touchdowns, 10 INTs. Like I said, for a true freshman, not having a lot of um, high caliber skill guys around him, I could live with that. Taking a look at what they did in recruiting and transfer and I want to say this, and, and I'll, I'll try to do a better job of mentioning this in all of the podcasts. I want you to think of recruiting like in the NFL, the NFL draft, and think of the transfer portal as free agency, if you will. So what did Vandy do in the quote-unquote draft for them? They went out and recruited three wide receivers um, and expect all three, um, if they're um, able to go in the fall, to to be some, some names that you're going to hear throughout the season. Uh, Quincy Skinner Jr. out of St. Thomas Aquinas, right there in Flo- Fort Lauderdale, six foot one wide receiver. Um, expect um, him to hopefully come in and contribute uh, right away, along with James Ziegler, the third out of uh, Kennesaw, Georgia, suburb of Atlanta, five foot eleven, uh, wide receiver, and also wide receiver Gamarion Carter, also out of Georgia, six foot two, hundred and eighty-seven pounds. So you can see that they wanted to surround this kid with some much taller wide receivers, increase the catch radius. Um, allow these wide receivers to potentially get some of those 50-50 balls where your quarterback can just throw it up and they can just go get it. So expect to hopefully hear um, throughout the spring and once we get into fall practice, those three names to be mentioned quite a bit for the Vanderbilt Commodores in 2021. We hope that you have enjoyed this special episode as we get ready for the 2021 college football seasons. We ask that you please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. By giving us a five-star rating helps to get the word out about the show. 
be sure to head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of our good friend David Walker's book, I'll Tell You When You're Good. Please give a follow to our good friend Ole Miss Evie on Twitter at Ole Miss Evie and her fantastic site at The Rebel Walk. We are also proud to support our dear friend Rachel Barbo and her organization I'm Changing the Narrative. For more information please visit www.inchangingthenarrative.org. Be sure to check our good friends at Whitwell Sports. Their mission is simple, to provide the best product and service to their customers. They take great pride in their company, their commitment to customer service and in the product they sell. Their website is www.witwillsports.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at Tidal Towel. Be sure that catch Kenneth breaking down the game of the week in the SEC on the Southern Gentleman Sports Show with the Georgia Dog, Pac-12 Dave, Nolcore, Irish Bill, Tiger Mike, and Ms. Callie Cash on the ticket 850 where you can stream the show at www.wearesportsradio.com. Also be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at time underscore advantage. In closing, we want to say thank you for listening to this preview for this weekend's games. And remember whether it is the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, or the SEC and Mid-America conferences in college football. Because we are the Crunch Time Sports Advantage Network and we are here to help you find your sports advantage. For Kenneth and the entire team here at the Crunch Time Sports Advantage Network, this is summer and a wonderful day everybody. <laughs>